The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. And to listen to tonight's full interview, a great presentation that you don't want to miss, I highly encourage that you subscribe. Just go to VeritasRadio.com and click on the subscribe button. And if you need to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, just go to the contact button of our website. I'd love to hear from you. As we approach the 52nd anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, we continue searching for clues that may once and for all elucidate what happened that Friday afternoon on November 22, 1963, at 12.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, on Elm Street in Dealey Plaza, Dallas, Texas. What if I told you that President Kennedy did not die after all? What if I told you that something life-changing happened that changed him as a human being throughout his presidency? He became a different person, a better human, who realized his goals did not coincide with those who put him in power. What if he was presented with two choices, because he was no longer allowed to lead. Choice number one, be killed and become a martyr. Choice number two, pretend to be killed and become a martyr. Live the rest of your life elsewhere. If you are ready to be shocked with new information about the alleged assassination of our 35th president, then stay with us. Tonight's special guest will help us dissect more of JFK's assassination He's a veteran of Sanitas, our sister radio program. His name is Brian David Anderson, who became a self-taught researcher, inventor, and scientist after 20 years as a freelance investigative writer and photojournalist trained at the University of Missouri School of Journalism. We're making the transition to investigating physics and chemistry. Anderson's focus was on discovering the simple truths of our reality rather than just achieving a passing grade that is the core emphasis of traditional education. And to learn more about Brian David Anderson, visit his website, mygodamhit.com, which is also linked at ours. And hello, Brian, and welcome to Veritas this time. How are you? Oh, very good. Really great to be here. Likewise, when we did our interview back uh, on Sanitas over a year ago, I realized that you also are an investigative journalist, and you investigate a lot of the JFK assassination. So I said back then, 
we need to bring you back once the anniversary gets closer. And this is exactly where we are. It's three days away. I believe this show is airing on the 19th. The 22nd is just three days away. Where were you during the JFK assassination? And what have you uncovered that other researchers have not? Well, uh, first off, I will go back a little bit more on my background uh, that was not in the bio that you gave. Uh, I was 11 years old in uh, Irving, Texas in 1963. And so I went through a lot of the – all of the events, basically almost on a live basis. My father worked in downtown Dallas at the Simons Building on on, uh, Main Street. And uh, he actually saw the motorcade go by and then make a right turn on Houston and, of course, then the left turn on to Elm Street. And uh, uh, he was a very ardent uh, Republican, uh, disliked Kennedy immensely. Uh, on the reverse of that, my mother loved Kennedy, so I was kind of like in this political split family. And uh, so after uh, everything occurred and then we walked home, my brother and I, I was then in the fifth grade, he was in the third grade, uh, we went home and uh, there was my father laid out on the couch just totally crying. I've never seen a man cry as hard as he did. And um, so, you know, it was it made a lasting type of impression. But the probably because of the the split political type of thing is that um, it gave me a thing where I did not look at him as a hero, nor did I look at him as a villain. I just looked at him as a, a human being type of thing. And for years, I did nothing <clears throat> about investigating. Uh, and I, I came across numerous things uh, while I was living in Dallas. Uh, that uh, people that I knew and I, I actually uh, got pulled into doing some photographs uh, of the school book depository inside in 1972. I had all these connections. Uh, our two neighbor two doors down from us uh, was one of the individuals that was uh, working on the body that rolled into the two uh, uh uh, Parkland Hospital. He was doing the tracheotomy. And so we had all of these various connections. And for me, it started off in 2007, uh, moved from California to uh, Florida. And on the way through, I uh, was going through the... Um, just one second. Uh, Let me just ask you about your father when you said that you found him crying. Mm-hmm. And since he was not a fan of, of Kennedy, was it because he felt that the innocence of the United States had been broken that day? Oh, I, it's that, that level and so many levels. Uh, you know, I think my father had to actually face his, literally as almost his hate. He had to face his own emotional issues. And so, but then basically also the entire country also. So it was on many levels that he actually, that was, you know, causing him to have such an emotional outburst. Uh, because, uh, again, there was a, you know, the whole bitter election and everything that went on. And so there were just all these emotions that, that f- spilled out. And knowing that, again, uh, beyond the innocence, uh, it was uh, basically uh, the, the shift. I mean, everybody felt the shift. And we knew something happened, but you really couldn't put your finger on it. And I think that was also uh, what everybody was reacting to, and especially my father. Because, again, he had just seen him roll down the street uh, from his seventh floor window of his office building. And uh, so, again, uh, but again, for myself, it was, uh, again, a very important type of uh, event 
uh, and it made a lasting type of impression. And it really didn't do anything until 2007 when we made this trip. Uh, my uh, uh, now wife and I made a trip from California to Florida. We moved. And on the way through, we visited my mother and then we went to the school book depository. And I started looking at everything and et cetera. And then there was just so many things that, you know, were just not right, what I was seeing in this museum. So when we got to Florida, I started doing a – I thought, well, I'll just write a little story and that's it. And this just kept on going and kept on going and kept on going. And it turned into a book. It turned into a documentary. And uh, so uh, you know, now um, it's an evolution that has occurred. Uh, in 2010, I also took on a partner. Uh, this individual is in the uh, mainstream media. Uh, has to stay unidentified, but then did a lot of footwork. So when I use the word we, it is also a lot of investigation that's been done by myself and this other person. And uh, it still is right now still a main media, uh, mainstream media and not cannot really come forward right now because there would be repercussions uh, for uh, being involved in this project. So are you saying that his name will be kept confidential until then? Uh, yeah, until for until he wants to come forward, and but right now, uh, it'll stay confidential. But he has been a uh, or she uh, has been a very very important type of person involved in all of this. And uh, uh, again, uh, uh, what we're going to do here today is very important to, to be focused on. Just as the car turned on Elm Street. And until it arrived in Parkland Hospital, that's what we're going to focus on mostly. We may get on some other subjects and et cetera later on in the second hour. But right now, what we want to do is just what happened, all the events that occurred or as much as we can to cover the real key highlights of what occurred between right when it turned on Elm Street until it arrived in Parkland Hospital. And for the yeah. listeners – for your convenience, we have a link. If you go to our website, veritasradio.com, look for these, this interview within the guest page for Brian David Anderson on Veritas. And there will be a link there. If you click on it, take a moment, go there. If you're driving, of course, wait until you get home or, or you get to a place where you can actually see this and click on it. That way, you'll be able to follow this presentation with some visuals, some imagery that Brian has provided as a courtesy. Is this uh, the best way to go, Brian? Yes. Basically, again, from now on is to go ahead, if you can, uh, the listener, is to go to this uh, My God, I'm Hit and then forward slash Veritas. Uh, and uh, we have now a series of photographs or they're actually, uh, you know, GIF files uh, below each one is you can also download it as a high-quality PDF. You can do it for your own investigations if you want to present this to other people uh, for your own files, that type of thing. It's free. There is no uh, type of copyright or anything. This is just basically for an information basis. I am not selling a book on this particular type of program, or am I doing any type of documentary uh, type of sale right now. This is just strictly we have the anniversary, and hey, let's look at this information. Okay, so it's mygotamhit.com forward slash veritas dot html. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. M-Y-G-O-D-I-M-H-I-T dot com and then very and then forward slash veritas. So when we veritas now, dot html. If you just yeah, click veritas, veritas, you won't go anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Veritas dot html. 
Okay, so the, what we first now we'll give it just a second here for people to kind of find that web page, bring it up, and uh, one of the major things also that it's uh, we need to discuss first is where has been the JFK investigation since the day that it occurred until now, and there's basically two camps that uh, it's been divided into those that supported the Warren Commission and stated that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. And then the other group saying no, uh, the, uh, that there was a conspiracy and there was more persons involved. And some people even say that uh, Oswald himself was actually not involved. He was just strictly a patsy and that's all he was. So there's those two groups that are now divided up. But they have a common denominator and that is that they both then said that uh, the, uh, the president was shot and then he died. And uh, they basically, for me, when I started investigating all this, the evidence there actually pointed in something a totally different type of direction. And that's what we're going to discuss today. We're going to hopefully look here as just what we're looking at as facts. Now, uh, with these facts, we now come up with a, another logical type of conclusion. So uh, we start off first off with the first fact and that is with we say on in the image there on uh, this webpage it says JFK one, and off to the left we see a, a confidential report that was made by the Secret Service, and uh, this was a whole summation of everything that occurred in Dallas. Uh, you would think this particular type of report would be in the National Archives, would be really out there, but it is it was not. Uh, we found this. Uh, in a uh, the LBJ library, it is not buried. You can get any type of copy of it. Uh, there's not, there's no really copies of it on the internet whatsoever. So I had to call over to uh, the LBJ library, and I got this confidential report. And basically, it's all the statements by the Secret Serviceman, and uh, it's it's just absolutely mind blowing of some of the stuff that's in there, and. Uh, one of the, another fact that is very important is that there were two Secret Service agents who were not in Dallas, and this is very important. First off, there was Floyd Boring. He was an SS supervisor who had always been on all of the trips, etc. But for this particular trip in the South, which also included Florida and Texas, etc., Floyd Boring was not part of the trip. There was also another key person by the name of Gerald Ben. He was also the, really the personal bodyguard of JFK, and he was not in Dallas. And those are two key people. Had they been there, probably the, the events would have never occurred because Ben would have been right next to JFK as he was going down uh, uh, Elm Street, and uh, nobody, no supervisor, anybody else would have pulled him off. So uh, that's really key that those two people were not there. Why weren't they, they there? Uh, they never really gave any reasons why not. Uh, when they gave their testimonies to the Warren Commission and to other subsequent uh, the House uh, Committee on Assassinations, uh, they never really gave a reason. <laughs> What's interesting, though, is we'll go back to Floyd Boring. Uh, keep this in mind now is that what he said to the Warren Commission is that I was at home washing my windows. That's literally a quote that he says. And we're going to see as, uh, as we go here further on, was he actually in Dallas? And so uh, because of these two people not being there, they then had to pull in another agent. 
And if we can now go down one more, just scroll down, and you'll sort of go to JFK2. They brought in a person by the name of Glenn Bennett. And again, very interesting type of individual. Uh, this trip that they made to the South, JFK and the whole group, this was his first time in the field. He was totally a pencil pusher. He had no field experience whatsoever, and this was his first time to be out actually guarding the president. And so because of that, uh, him being a rookie, he didn't have the same training as the rest of them. And so here's the most important thing. When the first shot was fired, all the rest of the agents turned immediately to where they thought they heard the shot fire coming, you know, where, where it was coming from, which was a school book depository. They all looked over their shoulder. And because he was not trained in the same way, he turned to his left. And as you can see in this picture, he had a direct line of sight to JFK. And then he wrote down his observation, and then later on he typed it. And this is a really interesting statement that he makes. And he says, immediately upon hearing the supposed firecrack, firecracker looked at the boss's car at this exact, exact time, I saw a shot that hit the boss about four inches down from the right shoulder. And so this statement has caused a lot of problems for people, especially in the, the areas of um, uh, persons that believe that there was a conspiracy. And what's interesting is the Warren Commission <clears throat> Uh, did not call Bennett to make a testimony to the Warren Commission. So he did not testify at the Warren Commission at all. But they took his statement and entered it into the record. But what was interesting, though, is that they modified his statement. They didn't put the whole thing in. All they did is after the word shot that hit the boss, they put a period and the rest of it all got dropped. So they manipulated his statement. They basically modified it, and as a partial truth, and a partial truth is no different than a lie. So basically, the Warren Commission then uh, dropped the whole thing about four inches down from the right shoulder. This makes sense now why the Secret Service report was buried in the LBJ library, because and for years uh, nobody even knew it was there. And so, because because again, then they would also see uh, what the Warren Commission did by modifying this statement. And then also other authors that have uh, supported the Warren Commission, they do the same thing. They will cite uh, Glenn Bennett, but then they modify a statement. What is interesting then about the people that go into the conspiracy theory, they go totally into cognitive dissonance. They, they do not even address the issue. They will just totally not even like Glenn Bennett. It didn't even exist. His statement doesn't even exist. And so they just totally ignore it, which is, again, as I said, is a really case of what we call cognitive dissonance, which means is you're given facts and they are so stressful to you and your reality that the best way for you to do is just ignore them. When you mentioned the uh, the Warren Commission, I always think of Alan Dulles mm -hmm. and the fact that Kennedy himself fired him and then he became part of the Warren Commission. <laughs> Did that make sense to you? No, no. It's, again, uh, the, the, there's, and there's so many conflicts of interest that were of, of people who were on the Warren Commission. That's a whole nother, that could become a whole nother program of the people that they appointed to 
the Warren Commission were just ridiculous. Right. Uh, they, they did not have any law enforcement people. They had no scientists. Uh, they were all political appointees. Uh, so, Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.